Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air Yeah And the screams from everywhere Yeah I'm addicted to the thrill Ready It's a dangerous Stop. love affair Come on Can't be scared when it goes down Got a problem, tell me Stop. now Only thing that's on my mind Is to go around this town tonight Hey, welcome to the Bumlogger Sports Talk We are live here in Arizona In the studio with me is Alex Clancy Hello Welcome again to the show. Thank you for joining Thanks. us for another week, another Tuesday on Voice America Sports. You know, we're going to talk Diamondbacks. we got college football, Notre Dame, uh, Impress or not, uh, South Florida team. Uh, your expectations, your excitement of college football being back. Also, the NFL uh, starting up Thursday with the Green Bay Packers and the New Orleans Saints, which should be a pretty good game. I'm going to get into a little Jim Trussell, Indianapolis Colts, and Peyton Manning situation. Definitely the Arizona Cardinals signing Chester Taylor. Tiki Barber. Now we'll get to that later on in the show, but Tiki Barber being out five years, not on the NFL team right now. Uh, what you guys think about that? Um, also, we got the Diamondbacks. We're going to talk about our home teams first, and we're going to start off with the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks, since we talked last, has been on the run, but they were up, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Alex, five games uh, last Tuesday on the uh, San Francisco Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went on a in 13 games. They went on a 12-1 run. Uh, these guys are paused in this position to be set to win the NLS. Uh, we got Junior Spivey on the line who bring it more in light because Alice does a great job with his uh, stats and, and bring us up to date with the Diamondbacks. But we got somebody on their 10th year anniversary from winning the World Series. We got Junior Spivey on the line. So let's get right into the Diamondbacks. And what you making of them, Alex? Um, yeah, as you said, 12-1 and in the last 13 um, the last seven, especially since we last talked, they've averaged six runs and ten hits a game, um, which is a huge bump up from from before. So now they're just kind of sticking it to San Francisco and sticking it to sticking it to the NL when they need to. Twenty one games over five hundred. Um, Ian Kennedy is definitely in Cy Young contention. If if Cliff Lee wasn't really in the mix, <laughs> um, you know they're they're in it and they're not now they're not a Cinderella team now they're actually a team that's established themselves and they might actually make a big run here. And let me ask Bobby, Bobby, were the um, the guys that are coming up to bat now? They hitting that as Alex said. Uh, we talked about these guys two weeks ago. Um, they were hitting four. They was at bat, but only getting four hits a game, which is no way you're going to win a lot of uh, major league baseball games. But now they've they're up that to at least two, and now they're winning games. They went on a twelve. Uh, one run out of 13 games. What do you assess that too? with your kids in the background? <laughs> well, I, I, I say, man, their bench is, is doing a, a phenomenal job. Kirk Gibson is doing a great job of managing that team and getting the best out of most of those players. Uh, they bought into to what you know Gibson and the whole coaching staff is selling. So 
they're playing the game the right way. And when you have a duo like like uh, Kennedy and Hudson, the way they're performing, man, it kind of reminds you of uh, uh, you know Randy and Schilling, you know, to some degree, the way they're feeding off each other and, and giving you the opportunity to win every time they step out on the mound. So. Um, with their bullpen and their bench, I mean, they're putting together, and it kind of reminds me of what we did ten years ago on the streak we went off on um, in September. You know, I think we were, well, we were like four games up on the Giants, and then we went off on a tear in September to kind of you know give us some distance uh, with the Giants, and you know they're kind of playing that, that, that caliber of baseball right now. I, I definitely can tell you, I was here in Arizona. What you guys did ten years ago was. I mean, you can only imagine. Uh, just think what the Cardinals did when they went to the Super Bowl, getting to the Super Bowl, how the uh, state of Arizona, how the cities here uh, were so excited, excited uh, behind the team. Uh, you guys did 10 years ago on winning the World Series and beating the Yankees. That was, I mean, that was an awesome feeling. And, and you mentioned about the pitching, uh, Hudson and Kennedy. And, and Alex, I asked you to speak a little bit on the pin, uh, pitching because they had, what is it, six pitchers in nine games just winning? Oh, no, they... um. Nine pitchers in a row in, in their nine-game winning streak all recorded wins. Nine starting pitchers recording nine wins in a row, uh, first time since '74. So you know they have they have solid pitching. I mean, and these aren't they don't need to be big names. They don't need to be Yankee names. Right. They need to get the job done. And hitting is helping them do that. And, and that's definitely the truth. You, that's defense right there. If you can get put somebody on the mound that can sustain, uh, eliminate those runs, eliminate those balls leaving the park. Uh, and that's what you need. You don't, again, you hit the nail on the head. You don't have to have those Yankee names. You don't have to have those uh, Red Sox names. If you can get somebody to have a good uh, backup to your star, Ian Kennedy, um, who knows their roles, and come in and give this guy at least four or five days to mm-hmm. rest before you have to put him back on the mound. You can win a lot of football games, especially with the emergence of uh, Justin Upton uh, hitting the ball well. Um, uh, you got the guys around him. Young, I was young, will step up. Um, Spav, you want to add a little bit more to that? Uh, why these well, yeah, guys? I mean, uh, you know, Upton, man, he's having an MVP caliber season. I mean, you can throw his name in the conversation. The only thing that's going to hurt his chances is probably his defense. But he's coming up with some big hits, man, and he's supplying the power. So when you look at that lineup, he is definitely the guy that you are scared of and you don't want to beat you. So you make any kind of mistake with him, he's going to hurt you. And, you know, with Goldschmidt coming up, man, I think he has less than 100 ABs. And this kid already has six home runs and, uh, you know, 20 RBIs. So, man, he's putting together some big at-bats. Big at bats. Um, uh, Roberts is putting together, you know, some quality ABs, Montero. I mean, they are, I mean, they are a solid team. And they definitely have a chance, I think, to win the whole thing. You know, if they can just stay in it and get hot, uh, you know, at the end of the season and into the playoffs because the Giants won it with no hitting. At all, right. no one given had given the Giants a chance to win, but they did it all with pitching and, and pitching with pitching. It trumps good hitting any day of the week. So, you know, if they can pro- keep providing that good pitching, man, they definitely have a chance to to go all the way. Alex had a stat uh, last week, which is impressive, that the, um, the what is it, about sixty games that they won. Uh, it was only two runs. They only oh, yeah. scored half two the, runs. Ha- half the games they played, they scored two or less runs. Okay, yeah, I, I thought that was impressive. San Francisco. Stat. San Francisco Giants. That was impressive, man. But pitching comes into it, uh, and that's definitely what's going to get these guys and um, help them to go a long way in the playoffs. Yeah. No. Um. Another little thing about Diamondbacks is that they're not they're not power hitting team, but they're not a total small ball team. You know, they they get on base with walks, singles. Like they're not 
it's not home run or bust for Justin Upton. He gets on base with walks. He, he's he's patient. He's more patient than a lot of um, up and coming power hitters in the majors. Like I think of Adam Dunn whenever I think of these guys because um, he gets as many he, he gets more strikeouts than pretty much anybody. He's he's in the top ten every year. And if you can be patient and have power, you can definitely be a force for a long time in the majors. Well, yeah, you got to have some some patience to some degree. Um, you know, it, the difference is now uh, Adam Dunn is, is, is it's hit or miss. You right. know, Upton is a good hitter. He can hit. You know what I mean? Sometimes, you know, you, you need that guy to be, go up there and swing the bat and be aggressive. But, I mean, they're going to pitch around him. You know what I mean? And that's, that's, where, you, that's where the patience come in. When they have guys uh, that are trying to pitch around you and they want you to beat you, you have to know that, hey, they're not going to really give me nothing to hit. I've got to take what they give me. And that's... And, and that's the difference, you know, between hitting three, four, and five and just being a guy to go up there and hit one, 190, you know, 200, and hit 40, 50 home runs. Right. And, uh, you know, Upton is a good hitter. He can, he can flat out hit, period. And that's a tremendous amount of respect going across the league of where this game uh, Justin Upton has come from and where he is now. He's, he's averaging 296 at, at betting, but when his appearance was at plate, uh, very positive, and and you have to pitch around this guy, and and he's been patient enough, to, like you said, Junior, is to take what they're giving him and making something out of nothing, and getting on base as far as walks, getting on base as far as singles, he can put it out the park. Um, I know we was at the All Star game, uh, Junior, and and they had the whole, you know, everybody's at the All Star game, even though it's in Arizona, you got people from everywhere at the All Star game, but they was chanting Justin Upton uh, for not being there for a lot of reasons, and I'm not gonna say they are good or bad. But he ended up playing in the game, just wasn't in the home run derby. But just the uh, acknowledgement of what he's doing in, in Arizona and for the Diamondbacks is tremendous. And they haven't had a phenom like this, and I can't even remember, uh, you know, I guess since probably the potential. I would say since like a Jason Kidd or even a Barkley, the kind of buzz. And the dude is 23 years old, man. He's been in the big league since he was 19. From Norfolk, He's Virginia. four years in, man, and this dude is... Is, is, is a superstar in the making. I'm telling you. Superstar in the making. And the only thing I want to see him do is tighten up on his defense so he can be an all-around player like a Barry Bonds and Griffey. And you start thinking of, uh, you start speaking to this guy like a Willie Mays and guys that did everything. Because, right. man, this, when this dude was drafted, man, he ran like a 6-260, man. That's flying. That's equivalent to running like a, a 4-2, 4 340. On the football field, he ran. He got that kind of speed. I mean, of course, he's a lot bigger than he was when he when he came out of high school, but he has that kind of ability, like a Matt Kemp, that he, the guy can still, you know, uh, forty, fifty bases and play you know, great caliber defense. It's just I just want to see him tighten up on his defense and be that kind of guy. Eight 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 three four six nine one four is the number here if you want to join the show. You got a question or comment in the studio with me is Alex Clancy. Uh, we got Junior Spivey online ten, on the 10-year anniversary of the Diamondbacks winning the World Series. Junior, what are the Diamondbacks doing right now in the community? Because I know it's such a buzz of, of uh, to celebrate yeah, this 10 years. We're but promoting uh, the 10-year the um, anniversary union. All the guys will be, well, not all the guys, pretty much most of the guys will be back. We'll have 32 guys that's coming back that was part of that, that team in 2001, uh, from Jerry Colangelo to Bob Brindley to uh, guys like Robert Ellis and Mitre Cummings and these are some of the smaller names that you, you, you sometimes forget, you know. So we have those guys coming back. And, you know, of course, Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling, Luis Gonzalez, Tony Womack, Reggie Sanders. I mean, some of the guys that was the heart and soul 
uh, oh of this team. They're coming back, so I'm excited to see, see a lot of them. And, you know, a lot of guys are 10 years older now. So, you know, when I broke in on that team, you know, I was a young guy. So um, it's going to be good to see a lot of those guys. I'm excited. So, so, yeah. so they uh, it's coming up this course. weekend. You know, we got a big day ahead of us uh, on Saturday, of course. And we're also doing something uh, to honor the everyday uh, heroes. Um, you know, from the 9-11 events, and that's coming up this Sunday, uh, 9-11, and uh, I believe they're wearing throwback jerseys on Friday. I believe uh, uh, they're going to wear the throwback jerseys uh, that we wore at uh, Game 7 in the World Series. So we got a big weekend ahead of us, man. I can't wait. So, you know, you guys listen in, come out, support, and it's going to be a great event all three days. Yes, I got a question, kind of, kind of off the cuff here. Um, Randy Johnson um, is getting inducted in the Hall of Fame. You think he's going to wear a Diamondbacks jersey, or you think he's going to go Mariners? Uh, or... I think he's going to go Mariners because so, um, the tenure that he put in with the Mariners, man, I think uh, that's where his bread and butter. I mean, he could go in as Mariners. I mean, I would love to see him going as a Diamondback. You know, I'm a little selfish, you know, in, in that aspect because what he did here. And the buzz that he brought to this city and the joy and excitement, you know, I would love to see him going as a Diamondback. But, uh, you know, he put more time in, more years in with the Mariners, and that's where he, he became Randy Johnson. So, um, you know, or I think he may go in as Mariner, but I, I, I would love to see him going as a D-back. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, no one really knows. <laughs> but I'm sure the state of Arizona, living here, it'll be nice. I mean, it'll be great. It'll be well, phenomenal they have to understand going as a back. It'll be the first down back yeah. to go in as a Hall of Fame, a Hall of Famer. So um, it'll be a treat, man. So hopefully, you know, he will be the first. Yeah, um, the only reason I ask is because his numbers here were way better than they were. I mean, he won four Cy Youngs in a World Series here. Um what did he, he didn't really win much in, in, uh, in Seattle. Sometimes it's where you start and you're comfortable. Yeah, that's true. Right. Somebody give you a start like that, well, and he was always, and, and Seattle's where he got that control because he was out of control for a long time. Mm -hmm. and, and right. Any right. back he, problems he and stuff? That, yeah. that fearful pitcher in Seattle. I mean, he, he pitched, guys feared Randy, right. you know, flat out in Seattle. So D-backs, you know, to some degree, he, he was a little older here. And he, you know, he learned how to pitch, man. I mean, when we, when he joined the Diamondbacks, he was a dominant, just flat out dominant pitcher, you know, here. And I just think, man, you know, you look over time, man, um, you really remember the, the, the journey. And I think the journey started in Seattle and, and that, it was the days in Seattle, the bumps and bruises that, that he went through in Seattle, man, that, that made him into the pitcher he is today. So he was, you know, when he was with the D-backs. Spider, I don't know how long we have you, but we're going to take a break. But I want to come back. If you're here, uh, if you can stay, I want to find out what's going on with you. I know you're doing a lot with the Diamondbacks, but what what are you doing right now? What is Junior Spivey doing as far as uh, uh, out there uh, promoting or, or you have any events coming up, uh, foundation, your website, and stuff like that? So we'll do that on the other side of this. But managing your mind and emotions on demand under extreme pressure, go to the website, yourclearedge.com. And, and look for Deborah Debris. I'm telling you, she's very interesting. I asked Alex what he thought about her because he missed her twice last <laughs> time she was on. All right, we just come last of sports talk. We'll be back in about two minutes. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you feel the need for speed? 
Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Henry. Your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. The revolution has begun with Jim and Trav. Listen this week as Randall Eden, Shannon Young, Josh Fleming, and Joe Hosmer tell us why it's important to get our kids in the outdoors. Plus, Cat Daddy will have some catfishy tips, and Nick Rhodes has a new twist on wildlife management you'll want to hear. This is sponsored by Ram Trucks at RamTrucks.com. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Welcome back to the Formula Sports Talk with Alex Clancy in the studio. We got Julian Spivey on the line. We were talking Diamondbacks uh, on their 10-year anniversary of winning the World Series. Uh, we threw a lot of numbers on what these guys, the current Diamondback team, is doing now under Kirk Gibson who I think is doing an outstanding job over there managing that team. Um, you got the right pieces in place. You got the right, you know, the pitching staff has come along, uh, led by Ian Kennedy. You got a good supporting cast with those guys, uh, Hudson and those guys. Um, Spivey, but I, I did want to ask you before I'm going out of break, what does Junior Spivey have going on right now? Man, I'm, right now I'm training, I'm working out, uh, you know, get getting my body right. I want to play, I want to continue to play. I'm not just uh, ready to hang them up. But you have a coaching play, opportunity um, also. So I'm doing that. I'm doing some coaching. I'm doing some training. I'm also involved with the website company, Access Unlimited. Um, we, build, we build websites. So I got my hands a little bit of everything. I'm in the process of completing and, and, and get, uh, starting and completing my foundation. Uh, so starting a travel baseball team. It's a combination of things that I'm doing. Uh, but that, for the most part, that's about it. I mean, I've been offered a couple of coaching gigs uh, to coach, but like I said, I'm not quite ready to coach just yet. Uh, I want to get this plan out of my system. So hopefully it is something open up for me and I can at least get the opportunity um, this off season or sometime in spring training and just, you know, showcase what I can continue to do. I know I can help a team. I may not get the everyday opportunity uh, to play again, but I mean, I can come off the bench, play the infield, play the outfield, be that veteran back coming off the bench, so hopefully I get a shot, we'll see what happens. A lot of guys don't uh, want to come off the bench, but that's a good way to go into it positively, and it's hard, it's kind of tough when you had a coaching opportunities, you have coaching opportunities, and you still have that, I want to play into you, it is tough, and I know you had some, uh, some offers and some jobs and stuff, but you know, when you get, until you can get baseball out your system, then you can go back and help out with as far as those younger guys coming up, help them out their uh, process of understanding the game and, and knowing situations that, at that point. And, and then the great thing about baseball, you can play until you're mid-40s, 50 years old. I mean, Tony Phillips is 
51, 52 right now, I'm still playing. So, it, you know, you can play for a long time as long as you take care of yourself. And, uh, you know, so I, I want to continue to play. It's still in my system. And well, you I want to continue we, to play. We, but I, I know we're going to follow uh, you. We're going to follow you wherever you go. So yeah. uh, definitely, I know you're here in Arizona. We see each other uh, often. Uh, so we're definitely going to follow you. I'm definitely going to keep that uh, posted. Uh, let me ask Alex. What did you think about Deborah Debris? You you were wanting to meet her like you, you almost was a stalker at some point, um, mm-hmm. and you missed her twice. If you're listening right now, I gotta kind of curtail my answer a little bit, then. Okay, go. No, she's um she's great. Um, it's I've always wanted to meet somebody who um actually worked with professional athletes um, and on the psychological aspect because again that's kind of what I wanted to go into initially with uh with college. So it's um. It, it was actually, you know, it was an honor to meet her, and um, hopefully I'll get to, you know, pick her brain a little bit more. So um, maybe that'll be a future endeavor of mine. Well, we're supposed to uh, sometime, some point, hook up, do a lunch or something. I, I don't know. I, all of us are busy, but uh, at some point. And Junior, you might, I don't, Junior, I don't think you've met her, but when you get your stuff going and access to limiting your webpage, that's somebody you want to put on your webpage. I'm, I'm definitely. You need to just talk to her on a one-on-one. Uh, you might have heard yeah, her on the show. I would love to talk to her. I would love to do that, man. So. You uh, you send me that info. I would definitely give her a call and, and like to pick her brain and well, how about this? Pick mine and we can kind of bounce some different different things off each other. So she, I love she like picking brains. We well, got Deborah Debris on right now. Oh God, we got her. That right. was nice. That was nice. Deborah, you still are you there? <laughs> yeah, I'm here. No, no. Deborah, we looking for Deborah. <laughs> oh, Deborah, sexy voice music to come on, see? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Hey, I tell you what, Junior, just listening to you talk, I mean, number one, I'm in awe of just being on the call with you. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal player. And, uh, he was all right. Yeah, I could certainly help you out with, uh, you're doing your, all your strength conditioning with your body. Let's strengthen your mind and your emotions as well. So, I mean, whether it's coming off the bench or whether it's, uh, you know, first up, it, I mean, you are strong every direction. Well, absolutely. Well, thanks. I really appreciate that. Really do. Hey, not a problem. Junior is still working out like he has a game today, uh, and and that's what's impressing me because I don't work I don't work out every day. Every day, he works out pretty much every day. Yeah, but see, I keep telling you, Kwame, that you don't even have to go to the gym to do the workout. You can do it in your mind. Your brain lights up the exact same way, and you still get benefit from it. So, yeah, nice I, excuse, but I'm not buying it. I, Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Well, Welcome I, back. I play golf in my mind, so that's what I, I skip over the workout, and I play golf in my mind. And now I'm doing this dancing thing, so i I got to... Stay limber, so I don't know. I hear you. I'm working on this dancing thing. I, well, yeah, I know the importance of, of having the mind healthy, and you have to condition the mind, and the mind has to be in harmony with the body, and vice versa, because, you know, the mind leads and the body follows. So well, I'll tell you this. Next time, next time I have a uh, wine tasting uh, at my house, we're going to, um, Deborah going to show up. Excellent. How about that? Hey, Excellent. let's talk some college football. With the excitement of it, give me you guys assessment on the excitement of it, uh, the expectations. I tell you, after the preseason rankings, which Oklahoma started off on top, then Alabama, and so forth, so forth, so on. Um, the next important thing about college football was the uniforms. It, it is crazy. It's, it's, I, and I think Florida State. You can look at Oregon and the different uniforms they had, but I think Florida State actually started this. If I'm not mistaken, it was Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds designed a new uniform. Really? For Florida State, yes, for Florida State, and they came out. After that, everybody started falling suit. But when you got a big, big backing, big sponsor in Oregon like Nike, uh, I mean, you can get any uniform you want to. But give me your other than the uniform 
or before we really get into the uniform. <laughs> the important stuff, right? Important Let's stuff. Talk about the other stuff first. Let's talk about the game. I watched the games of uh, Georgia, Boise State. I thought Boise State played outstanding. And, and speaking of Georgia, the uniform stink. Um, <laughs> but Boise played. And Boise, from this point on, they should be playing for a national championship. I think Utah, who struggled in the game they played, Utah is the only team that's going to give them a battle. Um, yeah. Down um, the road. It, it's going to be interesting this year because it, te- it seems like this this uh, this year everybody's going to beat everybody. There's not one like real clear-cut favorite. And Boise State, if they run out, the BCS is going to be put to their first real test. They should have been last year, but uh, be, uh, Boise State lost in triple overtime or whatever right. later on in the season. Um, but, um, yeah, Boise State's strong. You can see how tough Kellen Moore is. Um, he lost Titus Young to the NFL. Right. And um, he's kind of turning into the Tom Brady of college. He doesn't doesn't matter who he's throwing the ball to as long as he's throwing the ball. That comes down to uh, understanding the game. That comes down to um, uh, not having a favorite receiver and getting the ball to the guy that's opening. Understand, it comes down to good coaching. Give me your give me your team you was most impressed with. And I give you my – it may be the same thing. But give me your team you was most impressed with uh, opening of the week. Um, LSU. LSU. That, that's I mean, well, because I mean, for the and we were talking. Spivey and I were talking about this uh, before on the air, before uh, we got on the air. The quarterback threw for ninety-eight yards and they scored forty points. Right. <laughs> uh, that's impossible. I mean, they they ran. They run by committee. They have two strong strong backs. Ran for about a hundred yards each. Um, their defense is impeccable. They caused four turnovers. I mean, if. if I'd be scared to play them. They're the closest thing to an NFL team in college football right now. And and that was my team, too. Les Miles did a great job of getting these guys refocused when the nonsense went down with his starting quarterback, his linebacker, and a few other players that was on the team. Refocusing these guys to play against a, a powerful, uh, top-ranked team in Oregon coming in there. Uh, they, actually, they actually played in Dallas Stadium mm-hmm. um, for the um, – the amount of the fans that was going to be there. And I think Les Miles did a great job of getting those guys ready to play that game and winning. He quarterback through 98 yards. They had 40 points. Um, now, you can say a lot about what the uh, Oregon University of Oregon was doing or didn't do, but those guys came ready to play, and their star quarterback was out. So I was most impressed with that that team, LSU, uh, starting the opening week. Spivey, you still there? Spivey might have gone. He had to go work out. Mm-hmm. Deborah, I don't know if you uh, worked out uh, with any of the... Uh... Well, one of the things that I want to say, in, and I really liked about what you said regarding LSU, is the fact that the coach got them, the guys refocused again, because that goes back to what we've talked about in previous weeks, is that self-identity and having that unshakable foundation that as each one of the players as individuals know who they are and what they're about and what they bring to the table, then it's so much of a, a much more powerful team to work as a team um, and have that unshakable foundation that no matter what happens or what comes up, you find a way to plow through it and make it work. Yeah, I mean, and LSU doesn't, I don't really see them uh, recruiting weak-minded players, at least on-the-field players. I mean, off-the-field, obviously, it's completely different. I guess if you're intense on-the-field, you're intense off-the-field, and hence Jordan Jefferson is no longer playing right now. Um, but you can tell that they're a smash-mouth smash mouth football team, and Les Miles doesn't want anything less from them. It just, it, it would be nice to see nobody get in trouble off the field from that team just so they can play to their full potential. Well, your quarterback is looked at as a leader on the team uh, offensively, and some most some of them usually it's the team. Uh, do you bring back Jefferson as the starter, or you keep that guy in place? And to be honest, he's not that good. Yeah, to be honest, George Jefferson is not that good. 
He's just more mobile, I would say. But, yeah, but the he's tall. He's like he's like a poor man's Jamarcus Russell. He's like six six. Yeah. yeah, but I mean that the 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 league kid can can uh can run can run the offense better right. under control, and all he has to do is hand the ball off. It seems. And those guys respond to him, but you bring a guy in like Jefferson. I don't even know if I put him back at the starting position because what he did in the all season to put himself in that situation was. Was just silly. Kick some dude in the face. Silly. You, you got to. You got a college football player. This is the SEC. I don't care if you're playing anywhere, but this is the SEC where a, one game can cost you a national championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we've seen where they've lost two games because of the conference and and the battles they have in that conference, you can win two and play for a national championship. And I think LSU has done that. But you, the the situation you put yourself in uh, was selfish. Definitely uh, the team. Uh, and, you, and you can't do that. So what goes through a guy, Deborah? What, what goes through a guy mind? We've got two and a half minutes left. When you do stuff like that, you're the starting quarterback. You looked at as a leader uh, for a team that can, that's posed to win a national championship in the SEC conference. Well, see, again, we don't know what's happening to him off the field or what's happened, you know, past you know, in his past or anything else as to what brought up the upheaval. But what I see so many times with athletes, whether they're college level or they're in the pros, is all of a sudden they're put in a position, whether it's a big contract or something comes up, that expectations are greater than they have been in the past. And they start to they start to fumble and fold. You know, they don't know what to do. They get tensed up and they find excuses, either lashing out or lashing in, some way to crumble so that they don't have to meet those expectations. And I know it seems real backwards, but it, it happens all the time. Because, they, because they've always exceeded expectations without trying until they got to this level? Does that mean then they well, that self-deprecate they've themselves? Just met their, they've met their limit. They don't know what to do anymore. So they've been able to you know, gradually grow and grow and grow, and then all of a sudden some big change happens in some way that puts them in an area where they're not sure. When the mind is unsure, it goes into fight or flight. When it goes into fight or flight, the nerves kick up, the emotions kick up, and uh, the the mind will find some way to do what it thinks is protecting you, um, even though the logical mind says, no, this is what I really want. I really want to play. I really want to be, you know, the guy. Um, but the underlying stories are going, mm, don't do that, man. That could that could really burn you in the future. Well, at this point, it comes down to coaching. At this point, and, and the collegiate level, it comes down to these coaches controlling these players that that's like a Jefferson to go out and do something selfish. It's it's a blueprint for all this. These guys get in trouble. I wonder why they get in trouble. And you say you go back in their past, um, and then something comes up into them, and their mind tries to protect them. So it's fight or flight. It there has to be a blue. There is a blueprint, but it has to come down to the coaches at some point. You know who you're recruiting. You know where these guys come from. You know what kind of upbringing they had. It does have to do with the upbringing, but it doesn't have to be, do with the financial upbringing. No, not at you all. Know, it just... has to do with, you know, what are your morals, your values, what have you been living your life like? That's why the scouts and everything on the pro teams are going out looking at Facebook now. They're talking to the trainers. They're talking to all the people in and around the athlete and know that it's not just about what you do on the field. It's what happens in all the other areas. What fights are you picking in the locker room? Because if you're doing it, you know, if you've done it in your past career, the chances of you having it uh, show up again when you're under the pressure of the pros or like the guys going from high school into college are pretty darn great. We're going to take a break and we come back. And I do want to keep on that because I also want to mention that Jim Trussell in that situation also. Quam Lots of Sports Talk. we got Alex Clancy in the studio, Deborah Debris, yourclearedge.com. On with us, we'll be back in about 90 seconds.
Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an Internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety Ray Ellis on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Coast to Coast Instrumentals. Welcome back to the Formula Sports Talk in the studio with Alex Clancy. You got Deborah Debris online, yourclearedge.com. Check out the website. Uh, we were talking about the... Uh, the troubles of these guys get in uh, and do you replace a uh, Lee with the starting quarterback in Jefferson at LSU uh, I think it's the guy who commands the respect around you and teams how do you respect the guy who selfishly could have cost their team their first loss and when you lose a game in the SEC you it's a good chance you can be out of that hunt now let's talk about another team that didn't have a chance that I'm not really impressed with and that's Notre Dame they played South Florida uh, Notre Dame was on the one-yard line with a, I think it was a 7-0 lead, and they fumble, and South Florida goes down to score and tie this game up, which is a big swing. It could have been 14-0, and you destroy the momentum, possibly, of Florida. But you got a, you got a coach like Skip Holt, who was at Notre Dame, whose dad, Lou Holtz, coached that team. Um, you got that guy who I don't think is going to let his team get down that much. 14-zip is 14-zip, but you know you still can come back from that. Uh, Notre Dame, Alex, let me get your uh, impression of those. Were you impressed or not of what Notre Dame did? And remember, when you play a team like South Florida, you are playing Miami, Hurricanes, Florida State, University of Florida. Those guys just didn't get recruited there. They're the same guys. Right. Um, Now, you told me not to correct you on the air, so should I wait? Yeah, go ahead. You can correct me. I, I got to get used to. Uh, I got to get used it to. Was, it, I make a lot of mistakes. They, so. they didn't. Um, it, it was zero zero at that point. So when they, so it was even worse for Notre Dame. Well, no zero zero. Okay. Um, <laughs> agree to disagree. Um, but uh, no, I mean they, they went down sixteen nothing at halftime. Yeah. Like it was just they, they play uninspired football. It's like they're at home. They have a quote unquote bunny coming in to play them, and they just don't. Brian Kelly um, is the luckiest man in college football. He had one good year, two good years with Cincinnati, yeah. and Notre Dame made another horrible coaching coaching move. You know, Charlie Weiss, they gave $2.6 billion or whatever. They gave him $100 million for 10 years. He lasted three. You know, it, it they just over and over and over again after Ty Willingham. They've just made horrible decisions, and um, Ty Willingham had, but he had he Brady was, Quinn, yeah. but he and, and Samarja um, and uh, Rob Zubikowski in, uh, in the, I think it was strong safety, um, but... Um, 
They just, you know, the talent's not there anymore at what it used to be. Rank 16 preseason is probably a little bit too high. They, they're on their high horse with this Chris kid, the quarterback. Um, but, um, you know, they, they're just not as good as advertised. Well, and Ty, Brian, neither is Brian Kelly. I think Ty Willingham um, did well over there. That's the first coach that Notre Dame, in the history of Notre Dame coaching, black the coach? first coach. No, nah, I'm black. You're so racist. No, oh, I, thought, I, thought, I thought that was their first black coach. <laughs> Now, that's the first coach, uh, seriously, that ever got fired from a Notre Dame job. Oh, I didn't know that. The first coach that ever got fired from a Notre Dame job. And who came in after him? Uh, Charlie Whitehurst. Whitehurst. Who came in after him? Charlie Weiss. Charlie Weiss. I think well, I think somebody else took over it for him midseason, and then Charlie Weiss came in no, the year I thought, after. I, I thought he made it out the season because uh, Ty Willingham came from Stanford. And I think he come, he, when he came to Notre Dame, Charlie Weiss came from the uh, Patriots, uh-huh. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but he was playing with Ty Willingham's players, and they ended up winning. But after that, when those players that he re- Ty, uh, recruited were gone, then his, this guy, Notre Dame, was downhill. So then you bring in Brian Kelly. Uh, like you said, he is one of the luckiest coaches, or maybe he has some naked pictures of somebody <laughs> where he can blackmail them. Um, but he finds a way to get, gets jobs like that, and and he's still not, get, still not getting it done. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't, I don't know. I wasn't impressed with Notre Dame. Uh, to say all that to say, I wasn't impressed. Now, the only outlier for them is that um, it's good, is the weather. You know, there was almost a three-hour delay with the rain and the lightning and everything. But I think that's a cop out. Well, it was the same delay for. They were down sixteen nothing at halftime. It was the same delay for South Florida. Well, that's yes. the thing. Weather delay is not. It should never be an issue. If anything, it gives you the opportunity to step back, regroup, and go even harder the next time, knowing that your impo- your opponent's going to be sitting there saying, "Oh my God, what about the weather?" Blah blah blah. Yeah, I, I mean, mean that's just a cop out. It's an excuse, and that's that's a good chance to change momentum because they were down sixty. Right, I was going to say that the momentum is the only thing that could potentially um, be affected by the weather. Yeah, well. Notre Dame, uh, I, I didn't expect them to win six games anyway this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're still independent. And Notre Dame's school itself, the uh, program has tons of money. It's, it's the reason why they stay independent and not get into the conference. Until they get in the conference and get more competitive, I think they should get in that conference, somebody's conference, because there's, they're about to be uh, four superpower conferences. I think it's mm-hmm. going to be 16 teams. Pac-16. Um, Pac-16, uh, Big 16. Uh, what else we got? SEC, SEC. 16. <clears throat> uh I think it's going to come down to that, and it's going to come down to that because of money purposes. But, and that's why you can't have. That's why there's no playoff yet. But if you that ever happens, the Super Conference, there's definitely have to be a playoff. You can't get a out of BCS. Somebody wins the last game of the season, and you make them champ, unless there's a playoff. So that'll be interesting. All right, Jim Trussell. Jim Trussell is a consultant for the Indianapolis Colts. Now, Jim Trussell asked to be suspended seven games. But as a consultant, he's not going to be suspended because it's a game day job. Now, as he, if he started coaching, he had to coach seven games into the season. So, uh, Jim Trussell, I, I, whatever word you put on it, whatever word you make it sound legal, it's still BS to me because he's what he's going to do as a consultant is watch. Let me tell you his job. He's watching penalties, seeing if you can overturn them or not. This what he's going. He's getting paid to do this to be a consultant in the booth, and after seven games, he comes down and possibly coach. And he may still be up there on in the booth to still watch the plays, but doing practice and things like that, locker room situation, he's coming down to coach. So where's his punishment and the whole Terrell Pryor incident? I mean, you never ask a new employer to suspend you for media reasons. 
and for and for um and, and to get your name cleared reasons. You go up there. If they suspend you, they suspend you. You take it. Right. But if they want to give you a job in the NFL, take it and shut your mouth and do your job. I mean, he's going to be an instant replay coordinator. Yeah, it could be a huge. I mean, it could potentially, especially because they have no wins to give up this year. Every game they're in position to win. If if you if you don't challenge a play when you should have, or if you do challenge a play when you shouldn't have, and you end up uh, not being able to challenge a play later, it could end up being a bigger job than than what's on paper. But uh, it, what upset me was that he actually said, "Hey, you know, slap me on the wrist, and and we can start over." Uh, that's ridiculous. Well, that's because they was going uh, Roger Goodell was going to come to him anyway. That's what he said after the fact. That's how I say how in twenty twenty he's going to come to him and say, "Well, you were going to be suspended." I don't know if it was going to be seven games, but he mentioned about the suspension. But he still has a job. Terrell Pryor has to sit out five games mm-hmm. uh, for the Oakland Raiders before he even starts to compete. You can't. Uh, well, I guess he can compete at practice, but these guys are already in game mode. As a coach and as a staff, I'm not changing quarterbacks unless someone gets hurt, or or you just not getting it done on the field. And I got to I got to see what this young guy Terrell Pryor can do from Ohio State. Uh, but yeah, he asked for the slap on the wrist, and I thought that was. So smart. Classic, <laughs> yeah, I should say. I don't know. I mean, he he did the same thing at Ohio State, and how well did that turn out for him? Not well, very well. Well, that's what I'm telling Deborah. Deborah, as a coach, you you have to know about, about your players' well-being. You, you you more so take these guys for four or five years, or I say three to five years because you have five years to play four uh, on a college level. But a lot of these athletes are, are good and into the draft at an early. Uh, during their junior year or redshirt sophomore year, so but as a coach, you have to know what's going on with your players. You just can't see them uh, uh, hoping they go to class and then show up at practice and then and that's the end of it. You have to have a staff around these guys at all times to check up on these guys. I know at the University of Kansas, we had guys uh, checking up on us. We had guys to come to our class to see if we were in class, and if you wasn't in class, you didn't practice. If you didn't practice, you can't play. It's rare. It was as simple. Is simple. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's the thing that's uh, it's so scary is that it is so simple. You know, to to actually care enough about the player as a human being to show them how to and guide them and how to be a good all around whole person, whole player. Because again, what you know, what they do off the field is going to end up on the field anyway, in one way, shape, or form. It's going to show up in their mental and emotional game, which shows up in their behavior, which shows up in their performance. So, if you have now, the problem is we're dealing with human beings all around. So, the first level is what about your coaches? You know, who's hiring the coaches, and where's the checkup on the coaches to make right. sure that there's an alignment in the coaches as far as you know what's the end result we want to achieve, and how do we want to achieve it? And then once you have those ground rules set and stick to them, so that if you, if, you know, the rules are the same, a slap on the hand is a slap on the hand for certain mm, indiscretions, I'll say. And if it needs to come a hard hammer down, then you use the hard hammer, but it's the same across the board for the coaches. And then you go down to, you know, the players. So if this is how, you know, we as a coaching team have decided we're going to run the team, then the players... Here's, you know, you want to play here, here are the rules. You, you agree to the rules up front, and then if you break the rules, here's the punishment. No, you know, no sliding backwards, no whatever. I don't care how good you are. You're not going to be good in the long run if you're not good in the moment. Well, like the NFL, they spend millions of dollars. Sorry, Alex. They spend millions of dollars, close to millions of dollars. If they're going to draft a guy, they usually do background research. Where oh, this guy, yeah. They go back to this guy's high school career, yep. where he grew up. Has he been in trouble? They've spent close to millions of dollars on these players, uh, 
in a National Football League if they're going to draft a guy in the first round because you're investing so much money in You don't want to get a guy in the first round. You have to get him $20 million and find out he's a knucklehead. Now, that money is guaranteed to him. Now, you can have some conduct detrimental situations where you can find a guy, but you've already given him $20 million. What's $10,000 fine to a guy making twenty? you got to remind yeah, exactly. me of that. Exactly. That's nothing. That's so, you know, maybe, maybe a reasonable watch, not even a good one. Yeah, well, I, I'd still bring it down on the coaches uh uh, who they recruiting and, and as as far as putting a staff together to watch these players. I know the University of Kansas we had. We didn't win uh, tons of games at Ohio State and those schools there, but we wasn't in a lot of trouble. You didn't hear about us. Um, see, that's the thing. I'd be interested to see what their scoring system is on, you know, I know they watch them, you know, practice and in plays and, you know, all that type of thing to watch and they have a scoring system on every single play. I'd be curious what they'd use in order to score them on the, um, you know, the moral aspect of how they um, act as human beings on and off the field. Now, I mean, I we got to, two minutes to break. Okay, to defend the coaches, um, a lot of times when you're recruiting these kids, you don't know how they're going to act when they're in the spotlight. You know, they could go positive, they could go negative, they could go to class and actually want to get a degree in three years. True. Like some, like some uh, athletes. Um, and the kids aren't like eight years old. The, these are adults. They're 18 to 21, 22 year old kids, maybe 23 if you're redshirted. It's not like the coaches need to have these long leashes on these kids. The kids are going to act how they're going to act. They're going to go to class. It's rare. I mean, because uh, going to college for school is rare now with athletes. Uh, right, cause wait, especially basketball. One of the first things you told me was uh, class first, sports second. Right. And it, it, that's just not true. Well, we got to take a break and we'll come back. But look, when you were saying that, the first school I thought about university was BYU. They have a, a policy, conduct policy, that you can't do certain things. And a basketball player last year. It's religion based, though. Got suspended. So you, what's wrong with religion? Uh, no, nothing. Oh, I'm nah. just saying that's like, really you're calling. I'm racist and now I'm a bigot. That's great. No, no I'm not a bigot. Just uh, 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 no. you're a, you a, you a heathen. You're a heathen is what you are. You racist and you're a heathen. Um, Call no, me that we, off the air, man. <laughs> yeah. We are gonna take a break, man. This is Quam Lots of Sports Talk. We are live in Arizona. We got Deborah Debris on the line, she, who will be in the studio next week before her knee surgery from being a rough rider. Yeah. Alex Clancy in the studio always. We'll be back in a minute. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. What if there was a program that brought the best in sports and the best of entertainment together in one place? It can be done, and Darnell Autry proves it every week on Outside the Spotlight. In this program, athletes and artists come together to share their success stories, hobbies, professional projects, and more that will interest not only the sports fan, but fans of entertainment and other human interest stories. If you have something you want to ask your favorite athlete or entertainer, listen for Outside the Spotlight, Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. 
Foreman, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Welcome to some Sports Talk. We're live in the studio with uh, Alex Clancy. Alex is looking at me. We got that, but the I'm the one laughing this week. <laughs> I don't have a sexy voice. My voice is like this every day. So if you want to say it's sexy, I mean, there's no harm in saying it. Oh, my God. Denzel Washington's a good-looking man. I don't, make, just don't, I don't like Denzel. don't look at me when you talk like that. I'm just saying. It's okay for me to have a sexy voice and you and you be comfortable in your own skin. Is that okay? Fair enough, yes. Okay, good absolutely. Deal. You can do a sexy voice if you want to. I'm okay. I just call it sexy voice. It might be something else. All right. All right. Well, we, <laughs> <laughs> we got Deborah Debris on the line. And let's get to... Uh, a little bit more football. It was something else I wanted to talk about, but you threw me off laughing at me. Um, <laughs> you laughed at me last week. <laughs> Peyton Manning, uh, the, the Brett Favre winning uh, starting streak. Give me your uh, concerns on about Peyton Manning playing. Yeah, he. Um, I think he started 208 games in a row. Um, bad uh, neck surgery uh, problems with uh, with a uh, healing and uh, physical therapy um, whoever says that like I think Spivey we were talking to Spivey and he said that it doesn't matter who gives the surgery and who um, who rehabs you but mm-hmm. I think with the lockout it, th- there was a big problem I mean uh, uh, Deborah a lot of it could have been mental you have your family that take care of you and then you go somewhere completely different it's a different atmosphere you go in the mindset a little different like oh something could go wrong because my family's not taking care of me and um, he's listed as doubtful um, because um, th- I think that um, they're still hoping uh, they're still hoping that he's going to play on Sunday, but he's not. I well, mean, you also look at the mindset of here's a guy with some you know neck injury surgery. Yes, doctors can say he's all great and wonderful, and yet you know I'm sure he's done a little research and you know has some idea of what's going on in his body, no doubt. Um, what about those first hits? What about somebody coming at him worrying about being sacked? You know, what is that going to do as to his performance if he hasn't conditioned his mind and emotions at the same time? Because that could play havoc with somebody. I don't care how great they are. It's like a Tiger Woods that goes from, you know, still got all the skills, certainly not playing up to his potential. Uh, you know, something similar could happen with, uh, with Peyton if he hasn't, uh, conditioned himself uh, mentally and emotionally at the same time i thought um that he was more i thought as great of a quarterback um, peyton manning is uh probably a good person i like his dry humor uh, the commercials he made he's a good guy in that aspect i don't know him uh personally but i thought it was more of concern i want to get this winning streak but now i think it's just exactly what you guys said I want to feel comfortable going on the field because he can't afford to take a hit with two neck surgeries he had. He did sign a five-year, $90 million deal this year, um, and it's been rumored that he made room for other players to get signed. Either way, he can't afford to get in this AFC South, get a hit from these guys to Houston, Texas, who's vibed to uh, win the South, with Peyton Manning in it or not. I thought a great spend of your money was bringing Kerry Collins in uh, one year, $4 million, getting this guy out of retirement, a guy who can play, a guy who's smart, who's been in the league for a while. I think the Indianapolis Colts will be uh, still right there in the hunt with Kerry Collins until Peyton Manning comes back. Yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting. Um, there's a couple of things that Peyton has going for him that many, if not, if, if not n- no other quarterbacks in the NFL do, um, maybe besides Tom Brady. He doesn't run the ball. 
mm-hmm. so he's not going to get he's not going to get hurt that way. Yeah. Um, and he has really good uh, pass protecting backs with uh, Joseph Adai. Even though he's he's kind of waning on the offensive end, he can still he can still uh, can still pass block. And Donald Brown, who backs him up, can still pass block. Um, and he has these gifted receivers that you know. I mean, the bottom line is that Peyton's not going to play until he's healthy. Right. And, and, and go ahead. And that makes much sense because you, you don't want to lose a guy in one year that you possibly can have for three or four years and still be that team that may get to the Super Bowl. They still have aspirations to get to the Super Bowl. Every team in the National Football League, they don't have that. It's, it's about 10 teams that really think they can get to the Super It's about 15 teams that really think they can get to the Super Bowl. Probably 10 of them think they can win the Super Bowl. So I, I wouldn't put... I wouldn't put that when that starting streak in front of Peyton Manning uh, as opposed to what he's going to do for the future and continue to do for the future with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, so we'll, we'll keep a watch on that, definitely. But I want to talk about some running backs. Um, Chester Taylor, Clinton Portis, Brian Westbrook, Chris Johnson signed. We've been watching out for mm-hmm. that. He finally signed with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, a lot of you guys, and, and Alex, I know you do fantasy on and off the field. Oh, you better believe it. I'm a fantasy <laughs> player on the field too, baby. <laughs> you do a lot of fantasy. Uh, <laughs> la 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 la. <laughs> but the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona yeah. Cardinals, Alex. You come in and say Chester Taylor. Uh-huh. I thought that was a great pickup uh-huh. when they lost Ryan Williams, uh, second round draft pick out of the, uh, Virginia Tech. I thought it was a great pickup. Chester Taylor's always he was a starter in in Minnesota before Adrian Peterson came in. I thought he was a great backup because, and I won't even say backup compliment sure. because in the National Football League you have to have two running backs. This running back by committee. Leave Adrian Peterson in Minnesota by himself. He doesn't finish the year or he's not as, I wouldn't say that, he's not as productive at the end of the year. Right. And when you got two running backs like a Chester Taylor who left Minnesota. And they have Toby Gerhardt now. And Toby Gerhardt from uh, Stanford. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Chester Taylor left there and went to uh, Chicago. Chicago Bears. Now he's with the Arizona Cardinals. Great pickup. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Chester Taylor could turn into the new Kevin Falk um, from New England, like he's very versatile. Can pass block, can catch the ball. He, like, he can give you ten solid carries, uh, ten solid carries a week. Get you know f- three or four or five yards of carry. I mean, he's 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 definitely proven himself to be solid. And um, the way he plays, he doesn't get hurt that often. So the way he plays, he right. can definitely be a good complement to Beanie. Hopefully, Beanie will uh, will tear it up uh, according to my fantasy. Beanie's <laughs> Beanie is going to beat you. Up. He's going to bruise you. And a guy like Chester Taylor can come in and give you that. That same energy, mm-hmm. but makes a, make a lot of decisive cuts and get up the field, which I thought uh, the guy we had here did a lot of cuts. He's in Washington right now. Tim Hightower. Tim Hightower. Uh, Hightower. Um, but he fumbles the ball too much. Yep. I'm talking about Hightower. Uh, but Chester Tiller coming in, I think that's a huge pickup for, those, for the Arizona Cardinals. Now, another running back I want to talk about is Tiki Barber. Tiki Barber is not playing. We had guys to go to prison. Uh, come back and play. But here's the difference. They had two-year terms. Tika Barber's been out for five years, and he's 36. And he's a running back, and there was a receiver and a quarterback. Right. They the, were the ones that are getting jobs now. But the running back, he's Tika Barber is one of the smartest running backs to ever play the game. Was. Well, we don't know if he still is or not. He, he, Miami Dolphins is the only team that brought him in for a workout. And maybe that was just for a friend hooking up a friend, mm-hmm. which, is, which happens. It happens. But that was the only team that brought him in. Tika Barber can block. When Tiki Barber left the National Football League for three years, he had the most yardage for three years from the line of scrimmage to anybody in the league. So now you you might not want to bring him in because Tiki Barber, outspoken Tiki Barber, mm-hmm. uh, what he did in the locker room. You want your locker room to stay positive. 
But I thought there was a lot of teams like Pittsburgh Steelers can bring him up as a backup. He's still one of the best blockers. He, he know how to pick up blitzes. Uh, he can get out in the flat. But 36 years old and his legs, I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, that may be the reason why a lot of teams didn't get him. And it was a five-year hiatus. Also, um, since, like, uh, you're talking about pass block, um, mm-hmm. um, blitz blitz package block uh, blocking, um, since he's been gone, there's this new breed of young, just crazy, big, fast, Dominican Sue, Mario Williams, uh, Sean Merriman still. Just uh, he he's going to be outmatched in that in that um, in that regard. I think I think he's just being a running back and being 36. I don't know how long Emmett Smith Smith played until uh, he ended with Arizona, right? He ended up with Arizona. He's but he was it. around there. Yeah. And um and Edgerin James was around there. Uh, maybe maybe a year or two younger. But those guys were still in the league, and those guys could. They block. stayed throughout. They stayed throughout, and and a lot of the uh, a lot of the characteristics they have also was Tiki Barber had as far as on the football field, not the locker room stuff. Right. They were right. good locker room guys. But they could block. Mm-hmm. They they would they wasn't selfish. And I'm not saying Tiki Barber was selfish. But I'm just saying he could block. He can get out into the flats. He did leave football as one of the uh, top guys from the line of scrimmage for three years. Uh, but when you got guys like Clinton Portis, when you got guys like Brian Westbrook, Westbrook out there, who was playing last year, you don't. I mean, you don't get a Tiki Barber. You you go after one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Now now, uh, Clinton Portis has been hurt. He has getting a lot of injuries. Uh, Brian Westbrook, Westbrook had a lot of concussions, so I I don't know who you out of those three guys. Well, I would take I would take Portis all day. Yeah. I mean, he just got he got uh, handcuffed by Ryan Terrain last year. Yeah. I mean, he he definitely put up some good numbers last year, but okay. Know. Well, you know what? That's our show. Hey, uh, Deborah Debris, thank you all for coming in, calling in. I'm sorry. We'll see you next week, though, right? You betcha. Knee yeah, surgery it's been real coming as up. Always. <laughs> yeah, we get some. Uh, I might have some coffee for everybody. Uh, next week. <laughs> Fist bump. Alex uh, Clancy, always in the studio. This is Kwame Lasso, the Sports Talk. Check out the fan page that's been uh, dormant for a week or two. You can also go to uh, energyforce.com for energy band. I will, uh, you know what? I'm going to put a trivia. Give me a good trivia. I'm going to put a trivia up there. The one who gets the trivia wins the Energy Force band. How about that? Woo! Okay, let's, let's go. <laughs> hey, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for joining in. Thanks for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Hit it, hit it.